0: Thank you so much. Happy fifteen years! Let's go! In some states we have a license, permit. In some states we don't. But hey, we're almost legal. Exactly right. Almost. 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 So my name is Josh Williams. I am the lead pastor here, and as you know, it's a pretty celebratory day today. You might ask yourself the question, what were you doing 15 years ago? And there's some young people in the room, so you might be like, I wasn't born yet, and that is okay. But for others of you, maybe you were up to some things. For Some of you, it was actually planting in this community, which is pretty exciting. And so we're in a mode of celebration. And celebration is a powerful thing. That's what I want to talk to you about today. Celebration is a powerful thing. The act of celebrating and rejoicing. And there are some things I've been rejoicing over the last few days, um, even a few weeks, that I want to bring you into, because part of celebration is communal, sharing what has been bringing us joy. So one of them for me is seeing my grandma and Joy's great grandmother. Uh, We saw her actually on Monday in Indianapolis. And uh, you all know if you have family, especially family that's gotten into some older years, um, every moment is special. This is Joy's second time, second visit meeting her great-grandmother. The first time was uh, this past November. And this has been strange times, right? We've had visits where we didn't know it was gonna work, or you know, testing before, testing afterwards. We're wondering, like, is there gonna be a next visit? As people have gotten up there in age. So just every moment is this moment of celebration. You can look at that picture on the right. And Joy's like, don't, you know, I'm great-grandmother. I love it, let's celebrate, let's rejoice. It's exciting, it's amazing. We actually went from Indianapolis, we were there as a family, to Chicago. Um, In Chicago, there was something called the Black Pastors and Leaders Association gathering. It was the first of its kind. It was a Vineyard meeting. And uh, there was a lot of fun stuff that was happening. Worship, a time of teaching. Uh, There's just a lot of goodness that was happening as we gathered together. And ECB was all over the place. You know, Mariah did a workshop. Uh, Shiloh and Leon Powell, some of you all know, were on worship, so was Tina. Um, Kiva Green was with us last year. She was also there uh, as our conference planner. Just a great time to gather together It's one of these association meetings. There's uh, a few different ones for underrepresented groups saying, we're here, we want to love who we are, celebrate who we are, and worship in the name of Jesus. And we even have in the corner a little worshiper, Zoe Maria Williams. Got a little flag ministry going on. I don't know if Erica's in the room, but thank you, Erica. Thank you, Angela. Thank you, Eliana. Um, She's been schooled in the ways of... uh, the wind. <laughs> uh, and you know, uh, apart from this week, there's even stuff that feels strange to celebrate, but feels like you know uh, things that are momentous in our community. You think about you know several weeks ago, the cry for peace we had, uh, a gathering that was uh, lamenting and crying out for change in the gun violence we've experienced in our city crying out for lives lost. And people actually came from our community to mark that, to have this kind of peculiar kind of celebration. And if you see on the right, uh, our mayor also came, Mayor Justin Elliker, to listen to what we were saying. He actually said, I agree with the things we're calling for, the policy demands. We're gonna meet with them in the next two weeks or so. Uh, and another woman that's uh, pictured there, uh, Dijonet, is uh, a leader in the Department of Community Resilience. She's gonna meet with us as well. So like things are moving forward. There's uh, this kind of peculiar kind of celebration of, whew, we did it. That was a big event. It was a lot. Um, but we were, were starting to make a difference. But I want to let you in on something as well. As amazing as these moments were, there's a way that each one is memorable because of you know, some of the sadness that it countered. Maybe that's most obvious with this cry for peace. You're like, celebrating, like, yes, we did this event. About eight lives lost this year. 25 last year. 53 since 2020. It's a peculiar kind of thing to be, like, excited about. We did an event, oh, it was about death. You know, even for black folk in the vineyard in that gathering, which was so great, a lot of what happened was people, like, lamenting and being sad kind of wondering, what, what has the last few years been? It's been so hard. It's been hard to be black in America, to be black in the vineyard. It's been tough to gathering, this kind of acting as an antidote, but man, we all know that we're gonna kind of go back to our context and still have the struggle of what it means to serve and live and try to love in a really risky way, but in a way that we know is also costly. So that's hard. And even that picture of my great-grandmother and Joy, part of the reason why that brings me such happiness and honestly, it's so um, meaningful to me is because, you know, my great, Joy's great grandfather, she didn't meet him. And so every moment, like, matters to me now. This was the first visit to Indianapolis after my grandmother's funeral on the other side. And so we're kind of, like, taking in, like, the last things we might have of these beautiful memories. You know, it's easy to say celebration is powerful, but it's hard when I actually stack it up against reality. In our actual lives. And we realize that even some of the most celebratory things, like we're happy about them because things have been like so bad. Things have been really hard. And for us, even at 15, again, we're not quite at that adult age as a, a church. But we've had enough years together to probably have some beautiful memories. But I wonder if many of those are bittersweet in some ways. Maybe they always were, but maybe it's, oh man, that was this beautiful time, that friend is no longer in our community. They left, either for good or bad reasons, right? Man, I remember that time that I was celebrating this, and something was happening in my life, and actually that thing isn't happening anymore. Like, I lost that thing. And so, celebrations, anniversaries, are these times of remembrance, where yes, we are joyful, but also, if we're honest, it's been hard to even get here. Maybe it's been hard for you even to be in this room today. But still, celebration is a powerful weapon in the kingdom of God. Mm. That's still true. And on our 15th anniversary, I want to remind us of that. Nice. Because I feel like there's more for us. Amen. There's more for us in celebration. There's more for us as we go another 5, 10, 15, 25? There we go. 50? 75? Yeah. Okay, we got some people that are hyping it up. I'll stop now. But obviously, we could go on. Who knows? And after all, more than our own hype or excitement, Scripture actually commands us to celebrate and to rejoice. Let's look at some of these scriptures together. They shall eagerly utter the memory of your abundant goodness and will shout joyfully of your righteousness. Psalm 145, 7. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving, let us shout joyfully to him with songs. The Lord has done great things for us. We are glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. Put the righteousness, let the righteousness be glad. Let them exalt before God. Yes, let them rejoice with gladness. This is the day which the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad. Scripture that exhorts us to worship the Lord and it doesn't say, dot, 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 when you, when you feel like it. It doesn't say, dot, 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 when everything's going your way. It doesn't say, dot, 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 when you haven't had sadness or tragedy. It just states it. Because apparently God is good, as Tina said, all the time. And that's a wrestle we can have, a true struggle. But even with this command to rejoice, like I was saying earlier, sometimes it's easy to focus on that hard part of our celebration story. Why did the bad thing happen? Why did we experience that loss? Why does sadness at times seem to chase us just as much as goodness and mercy? You know, if we're honest, we've either had those moments or we could be having them right now. What happens when we may have grown weary or suspicious of joy in 2022 or too busy altogether to even track it? You might've had like, such a difficult time and some of this like, just weird season we've had the last five or six years, like. I believed in joy until this year, and now, like, I'm okay. (laughs) Like, you know, things are fine, but like, joy, that is done, that is, you know, it's gone. Wherever we are, I wanna pray for the Spirit to settle deep in us as we gather here together. On this 15th anniversary anniversary on this special day, let's pray for the Spirit of God to come and meet us. Holy Spirit, we cry out to you, and we say, Lord, come and have your way. Lord, we know uh, the the beauty and the danger of celebration, Uh, birthdays, anniversaries, all these things that we can just kind of get hyped up by the end of the day. We want to pursue something real, whether or not it's a special day or not. We want to pursue you in your presence. So Holy Spirit, would you come and make this day a glorious one, make this day a great one, not because of these words, not because of anything we'll sing or a feeling we'll have, because your, your presence met us today. Your presence ministered to us. The Holy Spirit spoke to us. Would you mark us today as your people, as your own. ones? In Jesus' name, amen. So as we start off today, I want to ask you a question. And it's, have you celebrated lately? And if not, why haven't you? Why have you celebrated why, uh, have you celebrated lately? And if not, why haven't you? So you just think for a beat. For a little bit. Now I hope in the last year, especially this past summer, you had some time off, you know, maybe some vacation, maybe some good weekends. But to be honest, none of that's like celebration. Even at all. That's just like time away, maybe from like the thing that was hard. Could be celebration, but it doesn't have to be. Sometimes you just are sort of like, oh, I just need to be off. But off doesn't mean celebrate or rejoicing, right? That's just a pause. What is celebration? Celebration is this. Ooh, fun. <laughs> celebration. Should have a screenshot to see if it's just all over We're gonna do something. I don't think it's gonna work, but it might. Yeah. Celebrate well, oh, not that. <laughs> Celebration is a deliberate and intentional rejoicing that says, no matter what is going on in your life, you're willing to take in and practice joy, joy with God and at best with others too. One more time. Celebration is a deliberate and intentional rejoicing that says, no matter what is going on in your life, you're willing to take in Tesha, even breathe in joy and practice joy with God and at best with others as well. And the question is, have you done this lately? Have you done this in the last year? Have you done this since our last anniversary? Have you taken time to celebrate? And if you haven't, I want you to start thinking about why. And for some of you, you're like, duh, I don't need to think about it. Okay, put up with me for a little bit longer. For others, we need some help. We just need some encouragement here. You know, think about why. Is it the betrayal maybe that took place in your, work, in your uh, place of work? Maybe the one that took you by surprise, or maybe the one that didn't take you by surprise. And that's even worse, like, the betrayal knife is coming, I'm not moving out of the way, I'm not moving out of the way, why am I not? And then the betrayal happens. You saw it coming, but it hurt just the same, right? Is it you hitting your own limitations and wondering what else needs to change break for you? Perhaps you're frustrated by a lack of community, by a lack of people that are supporting you, truly seeing you, truly engaging you. Maybe you're just relentlessly Utterly busy, weird, depressed. Those would all be reasons why one wouldn't celebrate. What's stealing celebration from you? What's been lost that was once held dear? Some of the most famous celebration stories in the scripture come from the parables of lost things in the Gospel of Luke chapter 15. If you have a Bible, if you have a phone, you want to reference this, you can pull it up. It's a lost sheep, a lost coin, a lost son, all lost, all found. We'll start with the sheep. And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. We see some key words and phrases here, right? Joyfully puts the sheep on her shoulder, calls his friends and neighbors together and says, rejoice with me because I found my lost sheep. Let's go to the coin. And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, rejoice with me. I have found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. See some similarities. A celebration together with God and with others. I found this lost thing. Let's celebrate. And some of you all know the story that those two are pretty quick, sheep and coin. And the one about the lost son is even longer. We'll pick it up in 22. We're just getting the snippets of the end here. But the father said to his servants, quick. Bring the best robe and put it on and Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. What do we see in these parables? Sadness. Confusion frustration, and then at the end of all these stories, when things are found, celebration, robust celebration, rejoice with me, come neighbors, come friends, let's come over together, because these things were found, this sheep was found, this coin was found, this son was found. From these stories, and from a little bit of zaniness in the Williams household, we have a rule in our house, when we lose something, we celebrate. Now, this gets me into some trouble after we've lost the remote control, like, for the third time that night. And so he's like, no, we need to call Laura and Rob and, like, invite them over. I'm like, they already came over. We called them. We faced on grandma. I'm like, no, we do not going to do another party. We just lost the remote. Like, we've got to do it. We're, we're teaching them. When we lose things and you find them, what do you do? You celebrate. You make a thing out of it. You actually get in a posture of celebrating, even with your body, pausing to say, You're just feeling bad. Why do I always lose things? That could be one response, right? What did that cost me to lose it? Oh, I lost time. I lost some energy. Or you could say, Guess what? Let's turn up, even in a small way. Let me have a cheese it. Let me have a cheese stick. Let me have something, right? Like, let's just make a small thing of celebration. Just because. Can you be wasteful because you found something and you want to rejoice over that instead of shaming yourself? Why do I always, oh man, I lost. There's different postures you can take. But in these stories, everything is found. The sheep, the coin, the sun. What happens when you lose something that you never find again? What happens when you lose something that you don't get back? And I want to be a bit obnoxious with you now and you know I'm a pastor here so you all know me a little bit if you're from here you're like you're already obnoxious it's okay <laughs> but I need to get a little bit personal with you here like I really do when you think about maybe the last year maybe for some of you that have been in our community for a little bit maybe from our last anniversary celebration you know, 2017 to now what have you lost maybe COVID would be like a good time period for you what have you lost? Have you found it again? Have you gotten it back? At all? At what cost? For many of us, the answer to have we gotten something back, have we found it, is no. Like, Let's be honest. It's no. And even then... I think god and scripture and the witness of the spirit challenges us to still celebrate next question for you what would need to happen in order for you to celebrate Mm. again i said i'm being a little bit obnoxious today so i am but you know, one of the things I love is we're a multi-ethnic church. You can kind of look around the room and see there's different stories, there's different cultures. One of my most favorite things to do, again, celebration and sad, is to look at this room and say, like, 70 years ago, people would be, like, mad this room is together. Actually, I think today people are still mad a room like this is together. But honestly, we, we really have something special here. But, uh, again, sometimes I, I just tease us a little bit with a question like this. You know, what would you need to have in order to celebrate? Because some people, not, not all of you, and it's okay, some of you like robustly celebrated when I came up to preach, like a pretty little bar, you're like, yeah, like, let's go. Like, wow, they don't even know the sermon yet. For some people, maybe even like, a, uh, uh, I think you can understand more, they celebrate it during worship. know, they're like, yes, the song is good, like, I'm feeling it, I'm in the pocket, I'm gonna clap, right? Uh, and that's what some of us do for these things, others of us, you know? There's different cultural stories, right? They're like a little bit more reserved, like, you know, hands are more in the box, you know? There's not as much movement, right? It might be like a this and this, but sometimes even just more this, you know, and that's okay. Um, and I, I love to ask us, like, to really think about it. Like, what would make you move a little bit? What would make you get outside of your box? Like, what makes you, and some people, they're still like, sorry, still, I'll look up. I'll look up to think about the question. like, Hmm, like, I don't know. And then I have to be, able, again, even more obnoxious an actually be like, come on, some of y'all are sports fans. Like, when the Cubs won, right? When the Cavs won. When some other, like, you guys, you got out of your box. You were doing a fist bump, like the popcorn bowl, like, you know, went up. Like, you were doing some movement, like maybe even a shimmy. It's okay. So we are celebrating at times with our voices and with our bodies. We've got to ask the question, like, for what? Like, what are we doing that for? When are we doing that? Why are we doing that? And sometimes if we're honest, we make a demand to God. And we say, until you do this in my life, I won't celebrate Make it like what it was before, and then I'll celebrate. Make this awful team win, and then I'll celebrate. Make my struggling workplace healthy and functional, and then I'll passionately worship you, for real, even at the job. Give me a friend that actually cares for me, and then I'll sing to you. Do the impossible, then I will give you everything, including my unashamed praise. But is that waiting too long? Is that game too harsh for a God that has already been good, even if it's not in our preferred way? After all, our celebration is a witness, and it turns out that people are looking at us right now, right now at the church, and they're curiously looking at us to see if we are people of joy, if we are people of celebration. And they are especially curious about what, as the church, we are celebrating. What if it starts with simple, everyday gratitude and moves from there? After our bar for genuine celebration, when we read some scriptures like we read, it's genuinely low. We can simply celebrate that the church is alive, that we are alive, that our own failures and the attempts of the enemy to sabotage the work of the church completely, they've not worked. We can join the famed African-American poet Lucille Clifton. We can do this as the church and say to our neighbors and communities, come celebrate with me that every day something has tried to kill me and has failed. We're here today in this room. And while Lucille was hip to the weight of racism in America when she wrote this, I'm pretty sure she didn't imagine, creative as she was, us trying to follow Jesus through a global pandemic, deep political turmoil, and still some of the same God-awful racism some 50 years after she finished that poem. Yet, like something was after her, something has been trying to kill us, and so far, it hasn't killed this project called the local church. Not here at ECV that celebrates 15. Not across some of the streets of our city as they worship every Sunday. Not across this nation or this world. The local church hasn't stopped, actually. A virus, division, extremism, a lack of faith and hope in the gospel. Anything else that's been crazy from 2017 to 2022, I could just go on. I won't. And before that, right? All of that mess And the church is still standing. Even with self-inflicted wounds, the church is still standing. With incredible losses, though, along the way. Some hurts that we got by our own foolishness. And other pain, loss, and real death that we've suffered through. And unlike the lost coin, unlike the lost sheep, even the lost son, we may not have recovered yet the losses of these last few years. But somehow, we are still standing, even if just barely. That's true of us together, individually and together corporately as a community here at ECB. And still the world is somehow watching the church one way or another. They're asking this church, they're asking the church and you as Jesus followers, why do you celebrate? How do you celebrate? Can I join in? Would I want to? The the church's celebration in this hour matters your celebration matters is if you're not celebrating fam they can't join in if you're not celebrating they won't really know what is worth celebrating and if you're not celebrating they don't know the peculiar way that we celebrate so what is still holding you back even at this moment right now right now what's still holding you back i want to share with you one of the plainest reasons we have to celebrate We talked a little bit about it last week. I'm going to kind of share it this week in a new way. But it's the gospel, the story of Jesus rescuing us. And today I just want to say it's this one simple phrase. It's this, the gospel, that God's love is not through with us yet. It's that God's love is not through with you yet. It's not done yet. And our own failure, our own weariness, our own doubt and despair, our own sin, the way that we are against God and against others, our own heart stained with excess, political idolatry, racism, and injustice. In all those things, God's love is not through with you yet. In our rubbish, God's love is not through. Whether it's with us or ECV, churches in our city, the Vineyard, the American church, the global church, God's love is not through with us yet. It's not done with us yet. It's not finished. It's still working things out in us. And thank God for that. Because Jesus decided to be someone who lived for love and who was killed for love. Love that could bring us back from death because that love brought him back from death. That same power, that same love, it's not done. It's not finished. There's still work for it to do. It's the great love of a father that compels us to celebrate because even on our darkest day, even when we've lost something great, love saves us, love heals us, love delivers us because something no longer has the power to kill us ultimately. Instead, we can choose to be people of celebration that live into this life in life abundant. And that's going to be hard. It's going to be costly. That's part of why exhortations from Scripture often link rejoicing with weeping. Perhaps celebrating helps us mourn better in this broken world. Perhaps mourning makes our celebration even stronger as the kingdom of God comes day by day by day. We can turn to this scripture. But although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall the fruit be in the vines, the labor of the olive, the olive will not fail, and the field shall yield no need. The flock, will the flock shall be cut off from the fold, and there shall be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord, I will joy in the God of my salvation. Wow. Layman's terms if everything goes wrong, if there's no money, no work, no hope, no sign of growth, if there's just pure desolation, I will still joy in the Lord. A New Testament witness goes something more like this, rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Sometimes kids show us how to celebrate still in a broken world. Sometimes they just know it better than we do, better than we ever could. Can I share one more picture with you? So, once again, these are my girls. Once again, they're very cute. They're holding up suckers and saying cheers or something like that. But this was a sad day. It was the day that uh, we marked uh, uh, a memorial service for my friend and my godson's father. And this is uh, a place of celebration. It's an odd place. Why were we there? It's because after this funeral service of my friend, my godson said, I want to be with you right now. And I said, I don't know if that's a good idea. And I went to his mom, kind of hoping that she'd be like, of course it's not a good idea. And his mom said, please, I would love that. That would be really good, like a gift to me. So there we were in the car. What do you do on a day like that? And he said, I want to go to Urban Air. And I said, are you joking? But he went. And we jumped. And we jumped. And we jumped doing backflips and front flips, like yeah. taking videos. He's like, record me, please. Like I want you to see this. And our girls just loved it. And Tina and I looked at each other, a bit, like, is this okay? Like, can we smile? Can we laugh? Like, what are we supposed to do? Wow. Wow. But that didn't happen with those old, younger than 18. We, as parents, often do, said, well, just five more minutes, just 10 more minutes. We left like 15 minutes after it closed. Not our original plan. Then we, we got in the car. I'm not sure who started this moment, but we did Rose, Bud, and Thorn, which is a tradition in our family. Rose, the beautiful thing of the day, the Bud, the thing you're looking forward to, and then a thorn, something that was bad. And it turns out our rose was all the same, that we loved being together at this trampoline park. My godson's thorn was the funeral and seeing his dad in a way that he didn't remember. His bud was going to church with us in the future. Something that has happened. And then pretty soon after that, you know, he had kind of planned to stay a little longer. He said, can I go home? He said, of course. We drove him straight to his mom. And then they hugged and he went inside. Turns out that celebration didn't divorce my godson from reality, I think it anchored him to a bigger story that there's something worth being happy about, something worth being joyful in, something worth like delighting in, even on the darkest day and then maybe that actually makes us present in a way we hadn't considered to really hard stuff because rejoicing does happen in the body, but so does weeping. Tears at the funeral, joy at the trampoline park with chosen family and strong memories, gratitude to still have his mom, to still have connection and hope at a new connection with the church. Y'all, celebration did its work that day. We didn't hide from it. We didn't act like it couldn't be a thing. We decided, Tina and me, like with a lot of nervousness to like step into it, trusting that God would have something for us that day. And he did. Celebration did its work. Love is not through with him and love isn't through with you. And celebration is actually the way through, as hard as that might seem right now. So are you ready to start celebrating the joy of the gospel? Not just your preferred way of seeing love or receiving love, not just your preferred outcome that you want, not just your specific prayer request that may or may not be answered right now, But are you ready to start celebrating the joy of the gospel that love is not through with you yet? And are you ready to do that in your own way? You know, I can make jokes a little bit, but you can still stay in your box if you want to. We can celebrate in a different way. Diverse ways. But you are called to celebrate. Perhaps you've lost something, or you're walking a community of people through great loss or upheaval or both. Can you let the love of God that is not through with you yet be your reason to celebrate, even if that's your only reason you show up with today? That's the only thing you got. Can you still let that love be the thing that you on to, that you grasp onto? Can you do that today? Can you say that's worth it, even if I'm just trying? Because trying is really important in the kingdom of God. It's the thing that's called faith. At our church, we say that we celebrate and share that a different world is possible through the Holy Spirit. And right now, I wanna take some time to wait on the Holy Spirit. We'll have some practical invitations in a second, but I want us just to wait on the Spirit, because the Spirit's gotta bring this new world to us. The Spirit's gotta bring the kingdom. So, Holy Spirit come. Come with your power. Speak to us, Lord. Be present to us. The Lord wants to minister to us today. He wants to minister joy in particular. And I'm gonna pray a blessing of joy over this room. But part of what scripture says about who God is is that he's near to the brokenhearted. And I feel like God wants to make an exchange today for those of you who've been crying, who've had tears even in the night. The Lord wants to recognize you and say that he wants to bring you joy. This is a sensitive thing, so uh, you don't have to. I'm going to invite people to stand, but you don't have to take that invitation if you feel like I want to just be here in my seat. But there's something about the call to rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn that is something that can be public. And so, if that's you, if you're someone where you've said, I do have tears in the night, actually, they've been in the daytime and in the afternoon as well. There's a season of sadness and there's something of joy that you want to be ministered to, or maybe it's not for you, but you've been carrying something for someone else, and it's been the food that you've eaten, it's been the drink that you've put in and consumed, I want to invite you to stand. I want to invite you to be someone that says, I want these tears to be marked now in a season of joy. And I don't know what that will look like, and I don't think we can know what that looks like, but it's an invitation to stand, so we can be together in this place. I'm going to wait for the Spirit. Because even for folks who are saying yes to this, either in their heart or through standing, there's something that God wants to do to minister to you. When God says he's near to the brokenhearted, that's not just um, a suggestion of His; That's his character. if you're around these people, I just want you to stretch your hand out. You can even ask to place your hand as a physical sign that God is with them. And I want to pray a blessing of joy because joy breaks things open. Joy unleashes things in our story. I want to pray it over all of us in this room god i pray that you would mark us with a joy that's a peculiar joy a strange joy that's connected to a different world to a different kingdom than the ones that can so hurt us maim us try to take us out holy spirit mark us with a different kind of joy that has power And I pray, God, for all of us in this room that we would know You near to the broken hearted, that we would receive that as a gospel truth, to know that the love of God isn't finished with us even when we're broken hearted, but actually it's just going deeper. And God, I pray that we would have more faith and trust, that joy actually has power. It says in the scripture that the joy of the Lord is our strength. So Lord, we have faith and trust, there's power, God. Yes, God. I want us to stay in this posture for just a second. Scripture over us as we transition into a time of worship and we're going to make our way into a time of responding in prayer I want this scripture you know not just to be read for us but to read us and to move inside of us In Psalm 100 make a joyful noise to the Lord all the earth it's not just us that are in the praise of God but it's all of creation I invite the prayer ministers to move to the side of the room so they can offer prayer for people. I just want to pray if that's something you want to be strengthened in, just this work of thanksgiving, I want to pray that you would receive a blessing of that today. I just feel like God's going to be with us in blessing and in gift giving. It's not just us that throws a party, God likes to throw a party too, and I want you to take that invitation seriously to seek the Lord for gifts and blessings. And also, if there's something about uh, this is uh, a need of yours. Like, I need, actually, a call to be that faithful. I need some courage. I'd love for you to receive prayer. And also, if there's any physical need that you have in your body or your mind, your emotions, I just want to encourage you to get prayer. Um, I feel like the Lord is strong and powerful to heal. We know that through God's story. And sometimes like we can even sense in a strange way that in the Spirit, that's what the Lord wants to do, healing work today. So please, uh, if you feel led, and you feel You want to take a risk, move out of your seat, get prayer, and we'll continue to worship through music.